So, um, welcome to the show. And uh, in the studio this afternoon, I've got uh, Richard Scott, and um, come up from Nottingham. Thank you for travelling up, Richard. Welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. And um, to Bree as well. And Bree's one of your students. That's correct, yeah. And you're a Reiki healer and teacher. That's correct, yes. So, um, <clears throat> when we talked about you coming on the show, um, there was something about Bosnian pyramids. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> which, which intrigued me, <clears throat> so I'm not quite sure how you've got to, uh, to become a, a Reiki healer. So... Let's um, let's talk about um, what you did in, in in your early life. So, um, I think you were you spent some time in the army. Yes, I did. Yes, um, my very early life, I was ill for the first eight years. I was in and out of hospital, uh, no schooling whatsoever. So I was I was as thick as a bag of spanners. Um, I joined the army to get away because I couldn't get a job, and the army educated me. Um, up to your level one, and the boy actually had a brain. We found that out. The army found that out. They put me on several courses. I passed them all, coming either first or second on all the courses. Um, I I revelled in it. Whatever they threw at me, I did it and did it very well. Um, and I rose quickly once they realised... Uh, I was good at the job. How, how old were you when you joined up, uh, Richard? Um, just over 16. So probably the youngest that you could have joined, you, you joined yeah, up? Oh, absolutely, yeah. 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 Okay. And when, um, where were you stationed? What did you do? Um, I, I did my basic training in uh, Oswestry, South Wales. Uh, from there, I travelled to uh, Germany, um, spent some time in Germany from there. I travelled back to the UK to the older shop, to the 7th Parachute Regiment, where I did uh, parachute training and so on, became a para, and from there I went back to what's called an, an independent battery, um, with our own guns, the 120mm light gun, so anywhere in, anywhere in the world with our own guns. Uh, yeah. At the time, I thought it was great. You know, at the time, I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. So, how how long did you did you serve in the army, Richard? Uh, I left the army in nineteen eighty, so we're talking like twelve, thirteen years. And how did you get from army to being a Reiki healer? That's that's quite a, quite a jump. Well, well, actually, yeah. Um, whilst I was whilst I was in the forces. Um, well, it's a hell of a story, but while, whilst I was in the forces, I began to understand and appreciate that I could not reconcile what I was doing in my army role with the thoughts in my head and the feelings in my heart. I knew something was wrong. So what, what, expand what, what you mean by that. What, 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 um, what, were, what were you doing that you, that you weren't comfortable with? Killing people. Okay. And initially, you might think it's a rush, you know, but it's not because the after effects are devastating. Um, and I'd seen other soldiers in a far worse state than me from that exam from that exact same thing, and I didn't want to go there. So I early on I started questioning what I was doing why I was doing it, and the answers, of course, were never very good because I couldn't get a clear answer, not really. It was just it, what I'd been taught. I'd been taught to do it, so that I was doing it. But I soon realised that that was not sufficient reason for me to do it. And then I started to question everything. And when soldiers start to question everything, they're no longer part of the team. You know, They, they don't function very well as a team. And that happened to me, so I, I left. I got out. Still lost, of course. I still I was I didn't I didn't understand that I was spiritually dead. The word spiritually is uh, I don't actually I don't actually pretend to know what that word really means. It's got nothing to do with religion. Um, 
Am I a spiritualist? No, I'm not. Do I believe in spirit? Yes, I do. But I think the thing, I think the two things are completely different. Um, but you know, that's a, for another time. I left the army and I was still lost. But I, I came home and I finished up doing security as a manager. From that, I joined the Nottingham Police Force. I was a policeman for two years, but I left that because that, that just was not me. I thought it, I thought it was going to be me, but it wasn't me, so I left. Um, I was lost. I was searching all the time. I was searching all the time, but in reality, I didn't know what I was searching for. Uh, that sounds like a really stupid statement, but it's the truth. I think, Richard, a lot of people go through their whole lives searching for something and they don't know what they're, they're searching for. Yeah, well, uh, that that was certainly my case. I knew I was looking for something, but I didn't really know what it was I was looking for. Um, has to be said, has to be said, I was a bit of a jack the lad. I had a good physique. I wasn't too too ugly at the time. Um, I was a bit of a ladies' man. Uh, I'm, of course, very proud of that at the time. And then May the 1st, 2014, I went to work. Um, sorry, the, the night, the evening before I went to work, on May the 1st, I went for a blood test, 10 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, my phone went, was the doctor, uh, doctor, fall down, got up again, because I can't pronounce his name then or now. So, right. <laughs> uh, that's what I call him. I call him that to his face as well. Mm. Doctor Felden, he just laughs. Um, he said to me, get to the QMC, the Queen's Medical Centre, as fast as possible. They're waiting for you. So you must have had some symptoms of some kind or another in order for you to have had a blood test, did you? Or was it a routine blood test? No, it wasn't routine. I knew something was not quite right. Um, didn't know what it was. I'd suffered renal failure. CDK stage four. A quite serious situation. My right kidney had gone altogether, packed up. And my left kidney was only working at 6%. Six? Goodness. Wonder yeah. you were standing up. Well, I told you I was Jack the Lad. I was pretty, mm. I was pretty strong boy, you know. And mm. um, it's only my former life that sort of kept me going really um they sorted all that out operation sorted all that out and exactly one year later to the day may the 1st 2015 i was on holiday in uh, chapel st leonard's in a caravan and i woke up i was having a heart attack there was no doubt in my mind what was happening um, long story short, whipped me off to a hospital to uh, Lincoln General, straight into theatre. They found the blockage, took it out, put a stent in. Two life shocks in two years. Well, tw- 12 months by the sound of it. Well, actually, in 12 months, yeah. Mm, yeah. And when these things happen, you do tend to look at your life in a different way, you know. Um I dare say it now. I, I didn't. I wouldn't have said it then, but I dare say now that I'd been saved for something, but I didn't understand what. But I'd been saved for something. There must have been a reason why I wasn't dead. Because I couldn't work, I spent a lot of time on the internet and so on, looking at my favourite subjects, which has always been ancient civilizations and pyramids. Why those two? Why those two subjects from all the different subjects? Mm. Anyway, you get on well with one of our other presenters, Stuart, who I know is listening in. Uh, hi, Stu. I think you're going to in- enjoy this conversation. <laughs> one of your many uh, interesting topics coming up here. So, you 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 were researching then about the pyramids and and uh, this this sort of culture. So so what happened then? What 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 was the aha moment that you had? Well, what happened was. Um, I typed in the word pyramid on the space bar on my laptop, expecting, fully expecting that the the laptop would throw up 
Egypt, as it always has done many, many times before. Mm. And this time it didn't. It threw up the Bosnian foundation of the pyramids. What's all that about? And I started to look at it and I found a two and a half hour presentation. Well, one thing I did have is plenty of time. So I watched it. I didn't know then, but I know now. Everything carries a frequency. Yes, absolutely. Everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, that video carried a frequency and it found a receiver in me, which... If, you'd have, if I'd have spoke about this a few years ago, I'd have, I would have said you're talking complete nonsense. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I caught my daughter the next day and said, come and look at this. She came in, she saw the presentation, and I said to her, what do you think of it? Tr truthfully, what do you think of it? And she said, Dad, that's not really the real question, is it? I said, what do you mean? She said, Dad, when, when are you going? I booked everything that day. Because I was so drawn to it. Selfishly, it was all done in a selfish vein, I might add, because the pyramids, um, a human cannot go into pyramids. Let's get that straight. A pyramid that is working will deatomize you in a millisecond. You'll be gone. But the tunnels that surround the pyramids, um, they're filled with a frequency, 7.83 megahertz. And they, that is the frequency for healing the human body. Been used in antiquity by the ancient priests of Om and so on. So I thought, well, okay, perhaps they could help me. Perhaps these, this energy can help me. That's why I went to Bosnia. In Bosnia, I learned many things. One of the things that happened to me there the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun and the connected tunnels have many different kinds of frequencies built into them. One of them scans your DNA and changes it to what it wants you to be. That was the first step in my awakening. It was a real kick up the backside. I spent 10 days in the pyramid, in the tunnels, shall we say. When, on the 10th day, I walked out of there like somebody who had not had a heart attack, somebody who wasn't suffering CDK. I was a completely different person to the person that I arrived 10, uh, 10 days previously. Did you actually sleep in, sleep in the tunnels? I, mean, I slept twice in the tunnels, yes. I actually slept twice in the tunnels. Um... On one occasion, I think it was the third day, we were, we, you're going in groups. No one's allowed to go into the tunnels on their own. That's a, just a, um, a health and safety issue. Um, our group was led by an amazing, amazing woman called Sue Jones. She's a, a scientist, world-renowned world scientist, and she is a healer. And I was with that group, and as we walked past the first big monolith, it's a stone and it's shaped like an egg. We call it the egg-shaped monolith. As we walked past, I was actually physically stopped from working, walking further, like a hand on my chest. I, I recognised something was happening, but I pushed through it. Thought nothing of it. And then... We went to the next stone, which is called the K2, and I couldn't get this egg-shaped monolith out of my mind. So I said to Sue, uh, Sue, I've got to go back uh, to the egg-shaped monolith. And she said, she looked at me for a few seconds quite hard. She sees, this woman sees energy, pure energy. She sees it. And she looked at me quite hard and said, okay, you can go back. Because you know the way, don't you? And I never thought about it, but I said, yes, I do. And of course I did. I went back to the egg-shaped monolith. What happened next is recorded. I have the recordings at home. Um, I sat down. I don't pray to anything. I've never prayed to anything in my life. Everything in creation is equal. Nothing requires you to bend the knee. And nothing 
would want that. If it's so powerful, it wouldn't allow that. And I've never done that in my life, never prayed to anything or anybody. And yet here I was, I sat down and I relaxed and calmed myself. And it wasn't really a prayer, it was just a message that I sent out from my heart. I said, come to me because I can't go to you. And they came. They came. All recorded on my phone, uh, which I now have on my laptop. This happened twice, two different days, two different times, with the same result. I asked them to come, and they came. And this caused a big how do you do in the bar afterwards, everyone asking questions, which I had no idea what they are talking about. And then, long story short, why did these things come to me? Why did these spirits come to me and not to other people who've been sitting there for hours on end asking for something to show themselves? Nothing came. But with me, it happens in minutes. Why? What was the difference? And they kept asking me the same question over and over again. Sue Jones particularly asked me the same question over and over again. Why did you come to Bosnia? Well, my first answer was, I came to be healed. I came to get in the, go in the tunnels and be healed. But that answer sort of morphed into, I came to be with him. Him is Dr. Samir Osmanovic, PhD, the founder of the Bosnian Pyramids. I had a connection with him which was very strong, and I didn't understand what it was, but I knew it was there. Uh, eventually... After much questioning, um, I'd already met the man who became my teacher by this time, Ian. I'd met Ian, and Ian looked at me and said, just relax and say whatever comes into your mind. Don't fight it, don't try and analyse it, just say it. And I had no idea what he was talking about. I relaxed, and Sue Jones said, we're asking the wrong questions. And Samir Asmanovic nodded and she started asking other questions. What happens when you go in the tunnels? My hands light up, um, cobwebs all over my head. What else? And I thought about it and I said, well, it's really strange, but I feel as if I've come home. I've come home. And then she said, why do you feel like that? Why do you feel that way, Richard? And I was looking at all these different people looking at me and feeling a bit conscientious. And Ian said, just, just say it. Just say it. And I had no idea what he was talking about. And then the, it came into my mind, so I said it. I was here. I built the pyramids. Everyone was clapping, cheering, and I thought they must think I am a right fool. But of course, they wasn't, that wasn't the case. They'd been trying to get me to that point for six days. Only I was resisting it all the time. And then everyone sort of went off to their own little corners, discussion groups and so on. And Samir Osmanovic took me to one side and he said to me, do you remember anything else, Richard? I said, you know very well I do. You know very well that I remember a lot. And he said, okay, would you like to share? And I said, what the hell, okay. I said, you were our leader. And he nodded. I said, you were loved by the people, you were revered. But you weren't worshipped, but you were loved. And you blame yourself for what happened here because it, they came in the back door. A lot of your people died and you blame yourself and you spent many lives trying to get back and trying to undo what happened. And then another thought came into my head. Th th these things just occur. And I said to him, the key you're looking for is not in the pyramid of the sun. 
It's in the pyramid of the moon. There are five pyramids in the valley. The biggest is the sun, the next is the moon. I said the key you're looking for is in the moon. But you already know that, don't you? And he said, yes, I do. One day soon. And basically that's what happened in Bosnia. A kick up the backside, a change of DNA, and the beginning of a journey that continued when I came home to England uh, with Ian and Sue. So that was in 2016. 2016, so almost three years ago now. We're coming up to... Yes. You had your your, um, health uh, scare in May, so... When were you in, in Bosnia then? Uh, I was in Bosnia June the 14th, 2016. Okay, so coming up three years. Yeah. Okay, the, we're going to have some music now and uh, we're going to play the first of your songs that you've chosen, um, the song by John Denver, Let Us Begin Again, which uh, seems quite uh, appropriate. So let, let's have a listen. You're listening to Perfect Health on Elastic FM with Ellen Godley and I'm in the studio with Richard Scott who is telling us who has been telling us about the Bosnian pyramids which I didn't even know existed Richard so fascinating so far so there you were you found yourself um, talking to these people in the Bosnian pyramids with authority that um, you uh, kind of received Spirit guidance, would you call it? How, 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 do, you, Absolutely, how do you describe it? Yeah. It was either spirit guidance or I was recalling a memory. Uh, I believe that both those uh, functions were in operation at that time. So how did you get then from the pyramids? So, so, so you came back from the pyramids after, after how long? How long were you there for? Uh, ten days. And you came back... And what 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 did you do? You, you you said your life had been changed while whilst you were in there. You know the whole feeling about right. life. Right. Quickly go back to the first day I arrived in Bosnia. The first day I met a man called Ian and his wife Sue. Um, <clears throat> I met him through Sue. Sue was the catalyst through which all other things took place. Um, Ian had no interest in me whatsoever. His wife, however, did. She wouldn't let it go. And in the end. Uh, he, uh, a man, he he thought, okay, I'll speak to the man. He spoke to me, and he invited me to his hotel room that evening. I went up. Um, I'm going to say something. I'm not trying to be crude or anything like that. Um, those of your listeners who have had severe constipation knows that it is not a pleasant thing, um, and it affects your health greatly. I had not had a bowel movement for four months. Goodness me. I was reduced to self-evacuation, enough said. Um, This man laid me on the bed and he examined me and I thought to myself, what on earth this guy... He never touched me anyway, he just put his hand over me and he said, oh, by the way, that problem you have there, pointing to my abdomen, will be finished by tomorrow dinner time. I hadn't told him anything, but he knew. How is that possible? Mm. The next morning at nine o'clock, I had a bowel movement. I saw him in a different light. Um, I learned that he was a Reiki teacher, healer. Um, And when I returned to England, after about two weeks, I I went to his home in Swindon. And we spoke a lot. We talked an awful lot. And then he actually attuned me to Reiki. And I began healing myself, um, practicing on family and friends. And it was through Ian and through his wife, Sue, that um, I got into Reiki. And uh, many things happened which I had no understanding about at all. Uh, And it was because of Ian's understanding, he's been a a Reiki healer, teacher, for nearly 40 years. Um, He provided answers for me at the time, and they moved to Cornwall. I went to Cornwall, to them, I became a Reiki practitioner, a second degree. And things really started to happen. This is when I met my spirit guide. Um, by the way, 
His name is Amorit. Thank you. Right, his name's Amorit. Um, I freaked out. I mean, literally, I was scared to death. There in front of me was stood this six foot so, six foot two, beautiful uh, person, all in brown leather, jet black hair, halfway down his back. Um, and I'm the only person that can see him. And that freaked me out. And I said, uh, I don't understand, Ian. How is this possible that you are much, much more powerful than I am, and yet you can't see him? And his answer, of course, Richard, he's not here for me. He's here for you. And that did not stop me from being scared. I was still scared. Anyway, um, time passed and we saw him. I saw him a few more times. And then one day we were at the stone. Another story. We were at the stone and uh, we came back to the house for coffee. And Ian looked at me and he said, Richard, he's coming. And I was looking around to see who was coming in. Uh, of course, there was no one coming in. It was Amorit was coming. Uh, Ian's head dropped down. He lifted his head up and said, ask your questions. I knew it wasn't Ian. It wasn't Ian's voice at all. I was frightened, but I was intrigued. I wanted to know more, so I started asking questions. Amorit is my brother. My twin brother. And we are pest chats. Pest chats. Explain. P A S C H A T. Pest We are humanoid lions. We walk upright, like humans do, but we're we're much bigger than humans in the flesh. Um, we're very powerful. We are very very spiritual, but we weren't we weren't always like that. It's what we have become. Um, But we weren't always like that, but we are now. Um, We spoke about Homeworld. I asked him, well, where is it? What's the name of it? And he said, not relevant to you. You wouldn't even be able to pronounce it if I told you. So a lot of the questions... I found out through trial and error that spirit guides aren't there to answer questions. That is not why they're there. Spirit guides are there to instill confidence in you so that you provide the answers. Because at the end of the day, all this that we're talking about, becoming a Reiki master, a healer, whatever you want to call it, it's only about the individual. It's about you. It's about your heart condition and where you stand Uh, in relation to your relationship with Source. It's all about you as an individual, nothing else. Everything else is, is, is cream pie. Everything else is on the side. It's just about you, how you feel, whether you are service to others or service to self. But everything can be changed. It don't matter how bad you think you are, you can change and you can become what you truly are inside. Um, And that is why I do what I do. I I try and help people become what they truly are. I don't want followers. I don't want hangers on. I don't want anything like that at all. What I want is I want for people to wake up and become true to themselves and become who they truly are inside because this coat that we wear this physical body is nothing more than a coat the actual real the real thing is inside you it's your spirit Uh, and if you have a good relationship with your spirit everything else falls into place there's an old saying those who relax learn everything And everything comes to those that relax. Well, over the last three years, I have learned that to be a truism. 
I have learned to relax. Um, I don't judge anyone for anything because in doing so, what you're actually doing is you're judging yourself. It's uh, something that's lacking in yourself. When you start judging other people, you need to look in the mirror first. Uh, and when you find the problems that you're looking at, you you understand that you, you're not in a position to judge other people, so don't do it. Um, if you can, you offer love, you offer guidance, if you can. If you don't accept it, that's fine, that's okay, at least you tried. At least you're being true to yourself, and that's the only thing that matters, is being true to yourself and becoming one with self. Once that happens, everything goes out the window, everything. Once you become one with self, you're on a path to becoming one with source. And once that happens, well, there's no limit. There's no limit to what you can do, actually. But because of the way we're put together, genetically and physically, it's very difficult to become one with source. It is difficult, yes, of course it is. But the journey is, is well worth your time and effort. If you told me three, four years ago that I would be the way I am today, I would have laughed at you. I wouldn't laugh anymore. I don't laugh anymore because it's happened to me. Uh, the spirit saved me. Because I thought I was, I thought I was with the bucket. I thought I was going to die, to be honest. And there was one or two times in my life, especially after the first of May, two thousand fifteen, when I had really, really dark thoughts. Perhaps it would be better if I weren't here. That kind of thing. Um, and it's only the spirit that stopped me thinking those sort of things and led me on a different path. You have to be willing to tread the path, of course, you have to be willing to do it, but the rewards are phenomenal. The rewards just keep coming. And you don't have to do anything, just be true to yourself. I think so many people find that really hard, Richard. Lots of people try their whole life to be something that they're not. You know, the grass is always greener. If I try this, I try that. And there's so much pressure in the society that, you know, we must look this way, behave that way, and so on and so forth. You know, they're the fast pace of life and, and the stresses and strains. And um, people are really quite, a lot of people, and they're really quite fragile and, and vulnerable these days. And um, you've only got to look at the increase in, in stress. You know, there's stress... Um, counsellors you know on every street corner these days which never used to be like that so uh, I'm, I'm with you the, I, I find the older I get the more I relax the less I do the more I achieve absolutely and, it, yeah. and it's fabulous and the people think I'm so busy I'm rushing here I'm rushing I don't rush anyway I just enjoy the journey and it's, it's exactly. wonderful really, exactly really wonderful. yeah on the way here Brie and I have some really good discussions and on the on the way here we were discussing um, uh, several topics, and I said to her, "There's a, there's a. I don't believe in the Bible, of course. It's, you know, it's up to the individual what they want to believe." Um, I said, "But in the Bible, there are some very good quotations, and one of them is, you cannot serve two masters.' And this is one of the things I teach my students: if you're serving materialism, money, and so on, then you're that you're really serving the the systems on the world." political and religious and so on I said and if you do that you can't possibly serve yourself you cannot serve the inner self if you forget about all that and serve your heart become a servant if you want to become a servant become a servant to your heart because then you are both the master and the servant you become the master of yourself and when you do that, and you give yourself over to it, and that's the point, you have to give yourself over to it, um, and living gratitude. Living gratitude of all that you have and all that you will receive, because you know it's going to come. 
Just relax and enjoy the journey. Don't get stressed. Things will happen out of your control. So don't worry about that. Worry about the things that you can control. Serve one master. Serve yourself. And in doing so, you're better positioned to look after other people that really, really need it. When you have a good standing in front of yourself, then you can help others do the same thing. But if you're conflicted in many different ways, how can you give information to other people that's going to help them? Because you're going to give them the same problems that you have. Even though you may not mean, mean to do that, you will do that. You have to have a clear heart. You have to have a clear head. Um, and you have to understand that you can't help everyone. Doesn't mean you don't try. You have to try. But I used to get very frustrated with people um, that I couldn't help until my, my, my teacher explained to me, Richard, you can't help the world. You can't save the world. You can't help everyone. Um, those who... And then I've learned. I've learned to relax. <coughs> Excuse me. I've learned to relax, and I know that people that really need me, they're sent to me. They come to me. I don't have to go looking for them. They come to me. And then, then the things that I'm saying are taken at a, a more profound level. It's taken at a deeper meaning. And they get a lot of help from it, which is what I want. All, all I want to do is just help. And if I can turn their lives around by them having a little bit of information from me and then studying themselves, that's brilliant. That, that's all I really want. Um, since I have become truly awake, and acquainted with my brother, Amrit, um, I only have to say his name, or think his name, and he appears. And when that happens, I'm overwhelmed. Wonderful. I, I burst into tears. But before I came in here today, I made it quite clear that that was not to happen today. Because Bree will tell you, well, 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 in a, in a discussion, all I have to do is just say his name or think of him, and that's it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in tears because I am overwhelmed with unconditional love, and you, you can't stop it. Um, but I've asked him not to do that today, so thank you very much. I couldn't find a song about Bosnia, but here's one of my favourites, George Ezra, Budapest. So you're listening to Perfect Health on Elastic FM with Elaine Godley and I'm in the studio with Richard Scott who is a Reiki teacher and healer and uh, with uh, one of his students, Bree. Bree, welcome to uh, the show this afternoon. You've been uh, spoken about. Richard was just uh, referring to you uh, in the journey on the way over here. So to, your name is rather unusual, isn't it? Uh, yes, uh, a lot of people struggle to... Con pronounce my name okay so so how do you say it Briaclin. okay and that's that's it's not an english name is it no it's welsh okay so um we call you brie for short yeah okay I just usually introduce myself as brie and so so brie how how far are you through your your reiki training um i haven't officially been attuned to reiki as of yet um, but Richard's teaching me about a lot about the history of where we're, the truth of where we're from, um, and a lot about healing. And I'm soon to be attuned to Reiki. Okay, so, so uh, very good. Really. So you're learning about the history and and that kind of thing. So so Richard, what um, what inspired you to become a, a Reiki teacher? So a Reiki healer, I can understand. I nearly said his. I, I nearly said his name then. Huh? <laughs> uh, no, um, Ian, um, and Sue. Uh, Ian and Sue are my friends that live in Cornwall, and Ian is my teacher, or always will be my teacher. No matter how powerful I become, he's more powerful. Um, it's when I met him in Swindon, 
uh, something happened there, which is a little bit off the shelf, actually, a little bit um, off out of the ordinary. And it was through that event that Ian said to me that you're going to fly, you, you're going to be fast-tracked, you're going to get ill, but you'll know it's not illness. Um, you're going to have some bad times ahead, but you know that you're not ill, you're being upgraded. And because of what's happening to you, it's going to happen quickly. Well, it all happened within a year. Um, I don't want to go into it, but basically I was sent home. And I don't mean Nottingham, okay? <laughs> uh, he was about to do the second part of the attunement and his spirit guide stopped him and told him, send him home. And he was somewhat taken aback and said, are you kidding? You know, they said, no, send him home. And he explained to me what had been said and what it involved and how to, how how did I feel? Well, I didn't feel anything because I didn't believe a word of it. <laughs> Not really. It does sound rather far-fetched, though, I have to say. And I'm sure, like you said, if you, if anybody oh, had had this conversation with you a couple of years ago, you thought they would start raving bonkers. Oh, well, I, mean, I, I totally understand, you know. I mean, this, um, I, I, as you know, as you know, Elaine, I'm, I'm writing a book. And I, I, I mentioned in the book that all these things are very personal to me. And I don't expect people to believe what I say, you know. That's not really important. The only important thing is that people wake up and become themselves. That's the only important thing. But I'm just right. I'm doing the book because I, I don't want to forget. As I get older, I don't want to forget any of these wonderful experiences that I've had. Um, I was attuned to the mastership. on June the 16th, 2017, exactly one year to the day that I met Ian and Sue in Bosnia. We didn't realise it was one year to the day until after the event, but it was. Um, there are not many people I know that have had a there, that have gone home to the second dimension and come back um, and there's not many people I know that have had their DNA changed by the Bosnian Pyramid system. Um, I, I, I don't think I'm the only one, far from it, but I'm the only one that I know at present. Uh, I, I, I just do what I do because I know it's right. You know, there's a saying, you know when you know, um, and... I no longer am led by my head. I'm led by my heart. And if, if I feel that it's right to do something, then I'll do it. And uh, criticism doesn't bother me because that's just simply someone else's opinion, someone else's viewpoint. But at the end of the day, it's I that have to make the decisions that guide my life. I have to decide what is correct for me and what isn't correct. And you can't have an intermediary, you can't have someone stepping in between you and your belief system, telling you to do this or do that. Um, if you're comfortable with that, then, you know, I'm, I'm not judging you. What I'm saying is that I, I can't do that. I have to, all the time, I have to make sure that I'm making the decision and it's something that I believe in and it's not someone else's opinion. It's my own opinion and my own belief system that brings me to that decision. And once I've made it, I'm happy with it. I wish more people would have that view, Richard. The number of people that I support through cancer um, with, the, with the mentoring that I do. And um, I, I have so many conversations with people who are supporters of the people that have got the condition. And they're trying to put their will onto the person but as you say, everything has to come from us. It has to come from inside of us. Yeah. We can't will somebody to get better. It has to be from them. And not everybody wants to get better. 
You know, the, the no, times no, no, I have true. these conversations, they, they, yeah. they don't. But And also, they're not always ready to receive information. It has to be when they're ready to receive, as you were ready Everything when you've had in its these own experiences. Time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is not, Bosnia was not the first time that the spirits have tried to wake me up. I realise that now, I admit it freely. But I wasn't ready, as you mm. just said, clearly. I wasn't ready before. Um, I, I know a couple of occasions when things happened that should have woke me up and it didn't because I just wasn't ready. Uh, I was living a different kind of life and I just was not prepared to change. So therefore, I wasn't ready. Um, so, Bree, you're... Um you're from, are you, were you actually born in Wales or it's just a French, uh, French, a uh, Welsh name that you have? Uh, it's just a Welsh name. I'm, I don't have any relation to Wales as I know of. Okay, it's just a pretty name. So, so how, yeah, how did you meet much. Richard then? Um, strangely enough, uh, a place where, that I had been going to quite regularly at that time, um, I'll give it a bit of a shout out. The uh, resource centre in Beeston. Oh right, yes, yeah. Really good <coughs> place. I've, um, I held a meeting. In fact, I'm having a conference there on June the eighth, Saturday, June the eighth, one till six in the afternoon. I'm having a wellness conference, and I've just actually just okay. this morning posted on uh, Eventbrite and Facebook. So it's one till six, Saturday the eighth of June at Beeston Resource Centre. We've got five speakers lined up. It's gonna be very interesting. Oh, so, good. so you, you've you, you've met you met you met Richard there. That's yeah. that's where Richard's sitting in the cafe. They're writing his book, isn't he? Seen uh, you a few yeah. times squirrelling away there. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I was actually looking like I felt I needed a guide at the time, um, so I actually turned to this app called Whisper, where I um, asked if there was anyone about that could guide me, um, but then I just sort of figure go about my life as normal and I met him there right marvellous and here you are on the radio I bet you never yeah. thought that was going to happen never <laughs> would I have thought that would happen <laughs> wonderful those, those who relax yeah exactly yeah. You, yeah you you relax and things happen people come like you say people come to you don't they yes and pe- people do. find me and um it's 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 really heartwarming and humbling, isn't it, when these things happen and you know that you're in the right place because that person needs you, yeah. or maybe you need that person. You know, it, oh, it well, works yeah, always, that, isn't that, it? That's yeah. another part of it. Um, you know, well, well, actually, you've seen it, Elaine. My table where I sit in the centre. Um, sometimes we get eight or nine people around that table, um, and we have discussions, and I learn a lot. I learn a lot from the people on that table. It's not all about me just giving out information. It's, it's it, I, I sit and listen, and I learn a lot. Um, and if I make mistakes, well, they pulled me up straight away. You know, they don't, I, I don't get away with anything, and that's the way it should be. You know, absolutely. The the world is uh, multidimensional, and no no one person has all the answers. We, we all contribute. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Uh, it's a, but it is a wonderful, wonderful feeling when. Um, well, you know, you know, you, you know who I mean, but no names. Mm. Uh, there's a certain person that comes in, and when they get to the centre, they're feeling very anxious. Um, yes, I, I, I'll just say very anxious. Um, but after sitting with me for an hour, all that's gone. Just sitting talking, mm. and. That is a, that is a, an absolutely wonderful feeling for me to have, you know. That just just knowing that I'm there with him calms him down. Mm, it's know. a gift. It's it's a gift, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, I, I believe it is a gift. Yes, yeah. Marvelous. Um, your second song, Richard, um, is one by Andrea. I can't say it, Andrea Bricelli, and um, I'm reading Italian here. It looks like it says the sound of silence. Yes. Yes. Is it the sound of silence that we La would know? La voce That's it. Yeah. La voce el silencio. Brilliant. I, couldn't, vo- I could never say that. The voice of silence, yeah. Wonderful. Here we go, Andre Bricelli. And I'm going to play 
another one afterwards, um, which is one of my favourites, which also has him. So I'm going to do a a back-to-back song here while we have a little chat off mic. Well, there we go. So we've uh, you're in the studio. Uh, no, you're in the studio. I'm in the studio, uh, and I've got Richard uh, Scott with me, and uh, we've been talking off air about um, people we know. So, uh, hello, Jade, if you're listening, and Mark Deville and Sarah, and uh, lots of other people. A uh, very interesting story about um, how Ian became uh, a Reiki healer and now a, he- uh, a Reiki teacher. So. Um, Richard, where, where where next? What's what's happening next with you? Well, um, <clears throat> it is not a term that I like to use, but yes, I am a Reiki master. Uh, I prefer the term healer, teacher. Um, it's getting established, I suppose. That's the thing. Um, if you want to, you know, sort of start earning money on it which is something I've never really looked at, really. Um, I'm just happy to cruise along helping people. Um, I used to get very frustrated with people because I wouldn't, they wouldn't let me help them. But my teacher, Ian, has, he's taught me that people will come to me when they need to come and that I shouldn't be looking for people to help. And that's turned out to be true. Um, Ian taught me all about the molecules and atoms in my body, uh, in everyone's body, and how you can connect with them and control them and make them work for you on your behalf. And I teach that as well, um, basic teachings. And I don't kid myself at all. I'm a realist, if nothing else. I've been a, I've been a healer teacher for three years, uh, actually a healer teacher for two years, uh, there are people out there who have been doing this for 30, 40 years. Their experience is beyond my comprehension. Um, their power is beyond my comprehension. But I can only work within the confines of what I myself am. But I am powerful. I know I'm powerful. It's a gift that I've been given. It's nothing to do with me. I appreciate that Source... Ask for nothing. Nothing at all. And how much power you have in your fingertips is entirely up to you, whether you want to be a Reiki one and just heal yourself and close friends, or you become a practitioner where you can heal others uh, in a more profound way, or go on and become a healer, a teacher, as I have, which also increases your healing abilities. It's entirely up to you. But source, the light, call it whatever you want, I call it source, ask for nothing. Because really, you're not in a position to give anything, are you? What are we when we compare ourselves to source? We're nothing. But yes, he's willing to share that energy, that healing, loving energy with us for nothing. All he asks is that you use it in a, in a gentle way, in the correct way to heal and help other people. That's all he asks. And that's what I want to do. That's all. That's my way forward. If I make a little bit of money somewhere down the line, I won't be upset about it. But it's not something that I'm planning. I relax and I go with the flow. Just I go where life takes me. You mentioned you're writing a book, and uh, we've we've mentioned yes. the Beast and Community Centre in uh, Nottingham. Um, I know uh, Jade is now listening to uh, to this interview, so hello, Jade, and uh, hopefully you'll come and visit uh, Sarah and I, and also Angie now up in uh, Beeston, where uh, Richard is. What a small world! We're circling wagons, as Sarah calls it, in Beeston in Nottingham. So, so how do people get hold of you, Richard? Do you have a phone number if anybody's interested in talking to you further about your amazing stories? Yes, um, if anyone wants to call me, I- I'm quite open. 07 805 45 7242. I- I'm also, uh, you can email me at uh, John 
5 Scott, all lowercase, John 5 Scott uh, at yahoo.co.uk. And I must say, hello, Jay, darling. Hope you're all right. Marvellous. Yeah, she's, she's messaging me as we're speaking. We're now going to uh, listen to a, a pre-recorded interview I did with a m- wonderful lady, Kathleen Minor, in America. And um, she's, she is uh, talking about self-perception and how we kind of kid ourselves, really, self-perception, and we often talk ourselves down. So uh, here we are, Kathleen. So that was uh, an interview that I did with uh, the lovely Kathleen Minor. And actually, while we've been on air, Kathleen has um, changed the name of the Facebook group of the um, the handbag charity. She now calls it Hopeful Handbags, which I think is a really, really neat name. So uh, instead of helping handbags, it's Hopeful Handbags. So have a look at that on uh, on Facebook. So um, I've had a lovely time this afternoon with um, Richard Scott and Bree. They've come up from Nottingham and uh, we've been talking about Richard's journey with uh, the Bosnian pyramids and um, how he has uh, now become a, a Reiki healer. So, Richard, I had no idea about these Bosnian pyramids and apparently they were discovered in 2005 and there's lots of scientific evidence that um, they're not hallucination, they are actually real. Yes, um, they were discovered in 2005 by uh, Dr. Samir Osmanovic, PhD, um, and of course, it was all it, th- throughout the the world, shall we say, the the hierarchy of archaeology and so on said it was a hoax. It was being portrayed as a hoax, the biggest hoax in the world. Um, but actually, a man got involved at that point. His name is Valery Urolov, and he's from the Russian Academy of Sciences, and. He's proven that they're real. And also the Americans did a, a flyover in the Bosnian War and they actually took photographs of the valley with lidar, it's called lidar radar, which buries deep into the ground. It goes very deep in the ground. And they discovered that there are five huge cabins. And of course those cabins are located directly under the pyramids. Um... They're not man-made hills, they are pyramids uh, built by man. And it is demonstrably um, very easy to prove this. So um, a lot of people have never heard of the Bosnian pyramids. Look it up, the Bosnian foundation. They're they're fabulous. When when you, I I had a look on uh, YouTube um, while Kathleen's interview was was being aired and they're they're magnificent, they're they're, they're beautiful, they're green, aren't they? Yes, they're not stone, as you'd, you'd imagine, with the, the uh, Egyptian ones. No, no. Um, they're just overgrown. They were built originally of stone, and there are big areas on the Moon Pyramid and on the Sun Pyramid that have been cleared now, and you can see the construction. Four huge layers of concrete, the best concrete on the planet. Um, it far, it's far superior concrete than what we have today, far superior. Makes you wonder how they were created, isn't it? All this well, ancient yeah. history and how how did how did how did they make things to last? And today, you know, the puff of wind and things blow over, don't they? Well, of course, if you listen to your professors, they'll tell you it was done with sticks and bits of wood. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, uh, eight feet long, four feet wide, and four, four, 45 to fifty centimeters thick. These things weigh anything from four to seven tons, and there are literally thousands of them stacked on top of one another with a layer of clay in between. Richard, remind us of your telephone number if anybody would like to continue this discussion. We need to close the show now, so it's been fabulous having you and Bree in the in the audience. Thank you very much, Bree, for uh, accompanying Richard. Lovely to meet you. Thank you so what's your number, Richard? Number is 07805. Four five seven two four two. Marvelous, thank you. So thank we're you. just going to play out now with a, a spot of uh, American Pie. But Don't February play. made me shiver. Next week is my fifty-second show 
So uh, I'm very surprised that I can't believe it. 52. I couldn't take 52 one years. more step. 52 shows next uh, next I can't Tuesday. So whatever you're doing, I have a fabulous week. Enjoy yourself and uh, be healthy as you can. Have a fabulous week. Bye for now. Me deep inside.